0: Hi, this is Talking in Bed with Jen Fiorelli. I don't know what I'm going to talk about today, but welcome. Okay guys, so if you listened yesterday, I mean nobody's listening to this, so <laughs> I'm, I'm talking to myself, I'm talking to the imaginary audience. I like I didn't realize that this app will like cut off a recording at sixty minutes, so I got very scared when it started beeping at me. Um so I did work last night and um slightly different shift. It's one thirty in the afternoon. I've gotten like ooh I I'm starting, I'm going to start off every podcast with a yawn. Um, I got like three hours of sleep so far. Um, and then, you know, with like night shift, you'll just kind of wake up. at Sort of like your body will get enough sleep for a, a bit. I think that um when you do night shift and I only work part time I I work part time night shift and some nights once a week I do like a long shift so I'll be up from like I st- I'll start like after 12 and then I'll end just before 7 and so though after the longer shifts I can usually sleep longer um but like after a short shift which is about three and a half hours, almost four hours actually. I uh yeah, I don't know, like I'll kind of go, you know, I'll sleep for a little bit and then I'll wake up and my body's kind of like, okay, that was enough. It's not enough. I think maybe my body treats it like I'm just taking a nap or something because it's daytime. I'm not really sure. Oh, oh, my lord. And actually, now that I'm... I already knew I was sleepy, like, starting this. But, um... I don't know, I kind of, like... This, the premise of this is so lazy that, like, why couldn't I do it every day? What the the fuck am I going to be doing if I'm not talking to an imaginary audience? What, am I going to, like, do puzzles on my phone? You know, like, scroll through Reddit again? Um, (laughs) or, like, you know i i like to keep up on who's being canceled that's like a, i really enjoy do i enjoy cancel culture i think it's wild i think cancel culture is just i mean we're back <laughs> i don't want to say anything and get myself canceled before i even get started okay it, it's you know and A lot of people say it's the court of public opinion, right? And it's such a... It's such a... Well, it's like the angry mob, right? Now, I'm not saying that the mob is always wrong. Often they are correct in terms of being angry about something. So I know a lot of YouTubers... Also were canceled lately. But I I do follow... I do kind of keep up with YouTube drama, but I don't... I'm not in the gaming world, so I think I was a little bit out of that. But um, Chris D'Elia, who is a comedian, was canceled recently, and that kind of... That really came out of left field, although once we all saw the screenshots it was kind of like okay like not surprising um (laughs) and I was uh not a fan of Chris but I followed his work I and I kind of enjoyed his podcast because I like I like actually I like podcasts like this where it's just kind of a somebody monologuing I, I kind of like that it's just interesting but i don't uh i don't actually you know there's so many podcasts out there so many and um you know i don't you couldn't possibly follow all of the podcasts that exist in the world right so i'm going to say that to my knowledge I am not aware of a podcast that's like a woman monologuing. Now, the two that pop into my head is Crystalia, congratulations, which I don't think that'll be continuing. So it was a good run while we had it. And the other one is um the Monday Morning Podcast by Bill Burr. I used to listen to that one. Um, I I really like Bill Burr a lot as a comedian. Well, (laughs) I think that Bill Burr is a funny person. I think that he... I I like kind of his view of the world, which has gotten more fair over time. But even when he was sort of very (laughs) critical of women... didn't mind that you know if it's funny it's funny and uh but i do find that his his stage work is that a word (laughs) like his actual stand-up specials they're funny but i can't say that they leave me like with my stomach hurting, you know, from laughing. (laughs) But I like him as a person. So Crystalia, I just think I I just think I found him odd because I'd never heard of him when I found his podcast. I have no idea how I stumbled upon his podcast. And when I started listening to it, he was far into it, you know, probably a year into it. It's, it's not a very old podcast that he's been working on, but he sort of, he already had the kind of concept of the, the coal and the log cabin and the babies, and I didn't get it because I felt like, I've never heard of this person. Why is he talking like he's this huge celebrity and... Everybody knows him and he's at the peak of the comedy world. I've never heard of this person. I mean, what does that mean? You know, that I've never heard of him. But it was surprising to me. So I think I just kind of followed him, or or, you know, kind of followed him halfway out of curiosity, halfway out of, yeah, okay, there's some of his on the podcast itself. He would interject these, like, noises and music and to make the joke. And it was very repetitive, but I I found that kind of stuff funny. But, like, his, his stand-up specials are, like, have nothing to do with who he is on the podcast. And neither the stand-up special, I don't know, does it have to do with who he is in real life? Who cares? Um... So, why the hell was I talking about that? I was talking about women not doing monologuing podcasts. I, um, yeah, I mean, look, it's like, this is just about me. (laughs) This is about me, and I just want to blabber, you know. Um, and that's fine and that's kind of why i don't, I don't really care if anybody listens um i kind of i don't know think that i have like an interesting perspective but oh yeah oh see you see it's starting already it's like the the forgetfulness and the digressing and i just like lead myself off of the point that I was trying to make. The point I was trying to make is that I don't see why I shouldn't make a podcast every day, even when I'm tired, because I don't have any children. My family live in another country. I moved to the town that I'm in now, like a couple of months before corona, and I tried to make some friends. Nobody that really stuck. And then, like, lockdown happened, and, you know, everybody was terrified, and I couldn't, like, just be going out trying to meet people. You weren't allowed out. There was nothing to do. nowhere to go. And so I have, like, nothing to do. Like, what else am I going to do? You know, I, I talked about my writing experience, which yesterday was, like, helpful because I... It just helped me to talk out, you know, like what happened in my writing life, like what like the title yesterday said, like what led me here, you know, what led me to this place where I kind of like, I don't like know what to do creatively. This is all I know how to do. I know how to talk. All right, now I'm repeating myself from yesterday. Um, and I don't know. I'm just testing the waters, guys. Maybe I don't have a lot to say every day. Maybe it's like, you know, when, when you have like a family member, like an older family member, you know, like I should call them. But then it's like, how often do you call if you call once a month, I guess that's that's a good amount. But I always feel like I couldn't... I can't be, like, calling, like, aunts and uncles every single week, you know? Like, what am I going to talk about with them? And it's this... It's like, what am I going to, like, tell them the details of my life? I'm close with my family, but it it's this funny kind of closeness. It's like... It's like what? You know, when you're a child... All right, I can't speak for you. When I was a child, I mainly saw my extended family, um, you know, for birthdays and holidays. But it was a nice kind of thing. It was like a nice vibe. And I had one aunt who sometimes she would, there would be some arguing around something that she had said or done, her reaction to something. But by and large, and she unfortunately passed about a year and a half ago. But by and large, my family gatherings were very fun and peaceful, and I have a lot of cousins on my mom's side who I get along with. I have cousins on my dad's side, but... uh. There we're just not quite as close. I'm not just oh Lord, I'm just not quite as close with those cousins. Um and you know, as you get older, so now I'm like a full fledged adult. And I think there's this kind of funny time period where Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like you the relationship with like an aunt, especially like an aunt who you're not like blood related to, let's say, you know, she married your blood related uncle or something, but like I you grew up with her, right? Like you've known her. It's not like she's like a step aunt or something. Are there step aunts? Is that a thing? <laughs> Is that a thing? I don't know. Um, But it's like, you have this relationship to these people when you're a child where it's very, like, you don't have to treat them uh, like another child, obviously. They don't treat you like an adult. It's a child-adult relationship, you know, it's, they talk, you talk, but not, you know, you're not sharing like these intimate details of your world with them. Or obviously, obviously, some people are. I, I can only speak for myself, okay? In my family, I was, had a nice, I have a nice relationship with my aunts and uncles, but it is not necessarily a terribly close relationship. Um, it's, it's a, it's a polite relationship, and polite is nice, it is important to be polite to your relatives, but politeness is often a formality between people, and when you're really close with somebody, you're not polite with them. As much some people, sometimes the politeness goes away entirely and then that creates a whole other issue, especially in romantic relationships where often couples aren't, there's no sort of, you know, politeness is at least one line of respect for the other person. And, you know... (laughs) in in sometimes in relationships, I would guess every single romantic relationship, even the best ones uh politeness at times is is uh abandoned, and you develop this kind of this closeness that has it it's not always like respect is not along with the politeness, the respect has gone as well. I'm having such a hard time explaining this. Um, aunts and uncles not being close. So it's like you get to a point in adulthood where now you're both adults. The, the aunt or the uncle and you, I, we're both adults. But there's no sort of, there's no roadmap. I just said that, like I'm from the Midwest. I am from the US. There's no roadmap for how to make that transition with extended family. How to make that transition from the child adult relationship that you had to an adult, an adult relationship, you know? And how do you start talking to your aunts and uncles? Like you're also an adult where you share the reality of the world with each other. I, I haven't found a way to do that in my Life And maybe that is always the case, you know, I mean, it seems more natural with your mom and dad or with your parents, I should say, that uh, the adult child relationship remains even when you, I'm saying adult hyphen child, as in your mother is the adult and you're the child. Your aunt is the adult and you're the child. You're the niece or nephew. But there is also adult child. You know, once you're an adult and your parents are still living, you're an adult child. And that is like, that is well known as a, can be a tense sort of situation, especially if you live together. But what about extended family, you know? How do you develop the relationship with your aunt and uncle who you might like? You want to get to know them, but it's like the structure of the relationship has been in place for so long by the time you get the idea of, oh, maybe I should like take my aunt out to lunch. That it can seem awkward. You know, um, and I think that's a problem for a lot of people is not with your parents. It's different. There is plenty of roadmaps for how, you know, sort of established ideas about how to segue. what, What do I want to say? How to develop your relationship with your parents as you get older. How to separate a little more, but how to remain friends with them or whatever, how to maintain kind of a good relationship with them. Which I think I'm kind of going through that with my parents. Myself, I'm 34, they're in their mid sixties. So we're definitely entering, we're we're all entering a you know, we're in the middle of a different, a totally different time period, you know. They're both retired. I'm a full-fledged adult now. I do not feel that way. One single iota of me does not feel like a full-fledged adult besides the fact that I'm married. um, And, yeah, I mean, I think that as an aunt myself, I have two little nieces who are... I know I'm biased. They're so cute and they're fucking hilarious <laughs> and they're very energetic. They're they're, you know, precocious and just just little lights in my life. And they're very far away and that makes me sad. So to know how I feel about my nieces, you know, I can Put myself into my aunt's shoes. I'm speaking more about the blood related aunts and uncles than the married, the in law aunts and uncles, who that is different. My husband loves my nieces, our nieces, but it's a different relationship. You know, they don't know, he doesn't know my sister since. (laughs) <laughs> childhood, right? A- and as a kid, I never thought anything I I obviously understood that like the the women that my uncles, my blood related uncles had married, they were my aunts, but they were not rel- you know, blood relatives of me. But I never I never thought thought of them as just (laughs) the person that my uncle had married. I never thought of them like that. I thought of them as family. And now that I'm older, I do see, like, oh, isn't that funny? Like, I only just met my husband four years ago. But, you know, my nieces think of him as, like, their uncle. And you know, if you get—I mean, toy, toy, toy—knock on wood. If we just—if we like separated for whatever reason, God forbid. Um, you know, it's just funny. It's just funny that kind of, like, the role that extended relate, the role that extended relationships play in your life. Yeah. Um. It is funny how these these, well, I guess that's true. You know, nobody, I have an aunt who, uh, you know, has sort of been in and out of serious relationships. And I think we we always take her partner as a serious partner, part of the family. And but generally, on both sides, of my family divorces n there is no divorce, so I think it's kind of it's a foreign concept to me in terms of how it affects the family structure. I just don't have experience with it um You know, part of me, when I think about aunts and uncles and me as an adult child and how that relation really, you know, sort of bridging that what do I want to say, like for, fostering a new relation? Uh-huh. I was going to say bridging the gap. There's no gap. You're just reimagining the relationship I I already said developing the relationship but I guess it's the only thing that applies part of me does feel like because I was in the child role and ostensibly still am it, it sort of is in the responsibility of the adult who the person who was in the adult role historically in that relationship part of me feels like it's kind of on them to work on developing maturing the relationship um because their position right in the relationship as the adult is the one who's sort of the leader I would if if i would have looked to them as the adult for guidance and even though i am an adult now the the dynamic of the relationship is still the same and so it kind of feels like when An adult relative, a historically adult relative, doesn't make those extra steps to develop the relationship. It kind of feels like, okay, like, I don't think that they want a deeper relationship, but maybe they think the same thing, is that I... I as the child in the role would not want a deeper relationship with them. But it's if the relationship is typically a polite and relatively distant one, not not necessarily physically but sort of the amount of times that you see each other in the year. It can just be hard to take that first step and, like, just call on a Sunday and have a chat with an aunt who you're maybe not even sure what they do for work and they've had the same job for 30 years. You, know? <laughs> you have, like, no idea what their sister's names are or something, you know, stuff like that where. And that, that is part of the awkwardness too. Now that's very specific to me because I have a, I have a very, very bad memory. Very bad. Not for random details. I'm great at trivia, but for important details, terrible. I have no retention of important details. Um, but it's sort of like if you've known somebody for 34 years and you don't kind of know basic stuff about them, it's awkward. You know, you can't with friends. If I haven't talked to them in a long time and they know me and they know how bad my memory is. I just talked to a, a childhood friend who I haven't spoken to her in maybe I don't know. I want to say it was like two years since the last time we got on the phone together. She is a child. She lives in Boston. No, Boston. I already said it. And as soon as we got on, I was like, "All right, tell me your birthday. <laughs> tell me your child's birthday." Um. And she was, you know, fine with that. I just don't. I just don't have that kind of memory, but extended relatives don't necessarily know me like that or I don't know how they know me you know it's it's so funny to as an adult now to have a different perspective on how you view the younger relatives in your life how I view my nieces and the other children in our family and how I relate to them as well as uh, just observing those relationships from more of an outside perspective, or, tr- you know, trying to, at least. It's funny to see just how kind of stilted those dynamics... I don't know, stilted? Like, they're very ingrained dynamics that feel... You'd really be, like, bucking a trend historically with that person. You'd be totally changing the game, I would be, to just, like, call up an extended relative and be like, I don't know when your birthday is. <laughs> what do you do for work? Um. But part of, you know, I mean, I think I always... There's always that, what is it, Harry Chapin song, Cats in the Cradle, right? It's such, like, a poignant song about not developing that relationship, you know, just kind of... You had one dynamic, one pattern together, and it never changes because one... Or the other person doesn't pick up the phone. Now, I think in the song, the... Yeah, so the the child does try to develop more of a relationship with his dad. And the dad, as a younger man, as a younger father, kind of is focused on the life stuff, right? the The responsibilities that come with raising a kid and having a family. And then when he's older, he wants to develop a closer relationship with his son but the son is now a younger father right so he's sort of wrapped up in that and so I don't know now I explain that it's not exactly the same because they both did try to change the dynamic of the relationship but one or the other kind of didn't pick up on the clues um but it is so crazy, isn't it? Like <laughs> uh I feel like I'm going into like a dark place cuz I'm going to talk about you know, I feel like I want to say like, well, we're all going to die, but we don't want to be we don't want to feel awkward, so we won't pick up the phone and call and just have a chat on a Sunday, you know. Um <clears throat> Is that dark? It's not like super dark, right? Um, ooh, I'm getting so tired. I didn't sleep well yesterday. and right I slept when I slept, I slept okay, but I didn't sleep enough. and at like 5 am today, which was getting toward the end of my shift. Um, I started seeing spots in my left eye, like a visibility in my left eye was distorted, and I felt okay, you know, my head didn't hurt, I didn't feel like I was gonna barf, but, the left, like, my left eye was just like, mm, uh-uh, like, that's it, we're all done with this one working, so, <laughs> it was kind of tricky. <clears throat> and. After I've slept a bit, it is better, but I can feel myself, like, fading a little bit. This is, like... Now, there are probably people who do night shift, uh... That can... Oh, God. That can handle it a little better. You know, my husband, he does a lot of night shift, too. Not exclusively, but he does do night shift. And... uh, <clears throat> but he works full-time. So if he goes in for night shift, he's there the whole night. So when you come home, you really are tired. And you you could you can sleep for a long time. You know, it's sort of the fact that I will go to work in the middle of the night. Most nights, because of how my schedule runs. And um, I was always like a night owl. I, um... You know, I, I think I said yesterday that I would stay up pretty late with my dad. Me and my sister would stay up late with my dad watching T V and I like grew up on Saturday Night Live from when I was a kid and maybe you know, like I they played a lot of, like, stand-up comedy on TV in the 90s. I don't really know why. It, well, it was just a comedy boom, right? The comedy boom of the 80s kind of segued into the 90s and, like, the nightclub comedy... The night... Comedy nightclub? Is that what it is? A nightclub... Comedy comedy nightclub thing really took off uh, during that time. And... So like I would watch stand up with my dad late and including Richard Jenny who I always liked his name cuz his last name was Jenny and my dad's first name was Richard. <laughs> and um the poor Richard Jenny ended up committing suicide. I don't I don't know when I I would guess probably a decade ago. He committed suicide um but i always have fond memories of of richard jenny i just i just liked him you know i just felt like all right that's a guy i can relate to (laughs) oh oh my god that sounded so dark i'm (laughs) only because of his last name not because this poor man was having mental health problems Um, rest in peace, Richard. Um, so I was always kind of like a night owl and so working night shift, it was not something that I ever like thought like, oh, I I would like to work night shift because I used to like just staying up. I used to like just staying up all night and just, I don't know, just do stuff. I like when I lived at home I would stay up all night and, uh, like clean, you know, like do like a deep dive kind of like what's in that bin, you know, (laughs) haven't looked in that bin in three years. Let me look in that bin and it's just like stuff from my childhood, you know, and you just go through and one night I did that. I was doing like, just like, all right, let's start digging into stuff. I would have some, something on the TV in the background and, uh, just start going through stuff. And I found all these photos from like, from like, kind of when I was a baby, almost before I was born, but pictures of like my sister, when she was very young, my parents, you know, wedding, and just the early years of our family. And I put them all into a collage or just like found a frame. And I just, I just. Re- randomly assembled them into a collage and it still like hangs up in my house it was just this thing that I did on a whim it's probably one of (laughs) it's so funny it's probably one of the best outcomes of just me staying up all night and just stumbling upon this like packet of photos that uh, one of my aunts who was a, a photographer when she was much younger had taken of the family Um, so that's, that's funny that I, I don't know, I just made that connection. But, um, you know, now staying up late is, that's the problem, right? Is that, um, I thought to myself, well, I'm up late anyway, I may as well make some money out of it. But, you know, now kind of staying up late is not. It's not the adventure that it, it's not the carefree kind of adventure that it used to be. Now it's work, right? Uh That's okay. You know, I've been doing night shift for like 2 years and we'll see how long it lasts. I am I'm, I'm still trying to find my way kind of career wise in germany i was a freelancer for a while but i'm i'm just free the entrepreneurial the business side of freelancing did not come naturally to me never mind the fact that i was in a new country i ha- i still have not mastered the language i can speak Perfectly fine. I can speak conversational German. I can understand most people most of the time. There are plenty of exceptions. But um, generally, I can get through my life. But I don't, I speak, you know, immigrant German. I don't speak good German. My grammar is terrible. I don't, I have like some idioms that I know that Germans use, but I don't, I don't have the right phrasing, you know. I talk like an immigrant. And I I am an immigrant, so I don't feel bad. I feel a little bad using that term because I know that I'm I'm a white, you know. <laughs> I personally am not middle class. I am lower class, but I come from a middle class background. So Uh, you know, I know that I'm in a position of privilege, um, but, uh, you know, just, just no politics, no race, no class. I'm an immigrant. I'm from another country. I live in a new country and I experience a There's some overlap between me and other immigrants who are not white and not from a secure financial background and a uh, sort of a lengthy educational background, let's say. I understand that the two experiences are vastly different At that being said, you know issues of language. Let's say that's different, you know, Uh, or or those are there are similarities there, right? Um, Except that, of course, I can I am literate, and so I have that leg up. I think probably there's a lot of immigrants who migrate to new countries and they are illiterate and it's going to be awfully hard to learn a new language if if you don't have those kind of basic building blocks and I as much as I have struggled learning a new language and having to speak a foreign language every single day can be very exhausting because it's just it's just you know, now I'm fairly accustomed to it, but I still like to speak English. I speak English with my husband. I can only imagine if you truly, you know, and it's like I I took languages in school, so the concept of how to learn a language was also not unknown to me. I don't of course, know what all the schools in all the world are teaching, if they teach languages. But what if you had to stop going to school when you were 12 because you had to work to help your family? You know, maybe you would have missed out on the language part of school. So I, I completely understand that I am not in a My status as an immigrant, it it doesn't affect a lot of my life. It doesn't affect how people treat me. People treat me fine because I'm American and I'm white. And I, I know how to behave in white society. Right? I know the rules of how to be white. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I-, I completely understand that that there are different kinds of immigrants. Now, why was I talking about that? Do you remember? I'm sure you do remember. This is going to be an exercise, basically, in how annoyed can people get listening to me talk, right? Um, Because you know when you're, I'll be listening to a podcast and they'll just, they'll just say something so kind of like, you're just talking about stuff that you don't know, you know? And it makes me crazy. You know, one time it's a podcast that I like, hosted by Lar Marie Shane Halls. It's it's about Vanderpump sorry, Vanderpump Rules. It's called SUP, Sexy Unique Podcast. It's a very good podcast. And um she's a very good podcast host. But one time her and her guest had discovered that in Australia, somewhere in Australia, some big city, they had like an Italian day at school and the two of them were questioning kind of, well, isn't that sort of uh, racist in a way to sort of dress up as Italians? And obviously the two of them had no idea that in major cities on the eastern coast, I don't know about Perth eastern coast, at least, of Australia, a significant amount of Italians immigrated there. I don't know, probably around the same time that Italians were immigrating to the U.S. Uh, so, like, turn of turn of the 20th century. And they obviously had no idea that a lot of people in Melbourne... And Sydney? I don't know. Totally making a guess on the cities right now. (laughs) While I'm judging somebody else for not knowing. And I was like, it was making me crazy listening to them talk about that. And, you know, they were sort of making judgments on how these Australians were dressing up like Italians. And probably half of them have the last name Dinopoly over there. So (laughs) I think... You know, uh, those kind of things make me crazy. I was listening to, like, a Star Wars po- This isn't... <laughs> me talking about other podcasts on a podcast, this has got to be, like, the least interesting, right? I won't go down the Star Wars route. I won't. I'm not a Star... I am... Not a Star Wars fan. I've seen each of the movies maybe once or twice. The prequels, I've seen them once. That was fine. I never need to watch them again for the rest of my life. Uh, And then the original three, four, five, and six. I uh, have probably seen those twice, maybe three times. Would I find fascinating about star wars is the phenomenon of the fan the fandom around star wars the marketing around star wars i find the obsession with star wars way more interesting than the movies far more i think that the world that people stepped into And watching them step into that world and live in that world is far more fascinating. You know, the rise of nerd culture, which I imagine existed before Star Wars, but sudden, you know, the fact that this sort of playful sci-fi movie, like spoke to people in such a significant way I mean I do not get it and the fact that I so don't get the obsession but other people are complete it is their whole lives I find that really interesting that I could be so not moved by something could not care less about anything in the star wars universe i know so much about the star wars universe and i it's not that i hate it i i don't hate it i am not emotionally attached to a single element of it not one and i know a lot about it i what i was gonna say that i know that there is a female yoda in revenge of the sith episode three and her name is Yattle. I know that from all the podcasts that I've listened to, on the movies, on the culture, the marketing, the world. I know a lot, not a not an incredible amount. There's still things that kind of I'll hear and it'll surprise me, but I've got a lot of like deep cut details about a world that i have no emotional attachment to none um <laughs> but i as sort of an observation of i don't know what the observation is i don't know what i come away with what does it tell me about humans i don't know um guys we're at the 10 the 10 of minute mark and I know that in five minutes it's going to beep at me. I'm going to try not to get scared. I'm going to try and land this plane smoothly this time. I don't know what my interest in the Star Wars fandom tells me about people. i It's just been an interesting phenomenon to observe and to learn about. But I don't know that it has a, I haven't worked out what it is exactly that's interesting for me, but maybe that's, I can't even tell you that I'm going to explore that some other time because I-, I didn't know that I was going to talk about any of this stuff today. So, what I'm going to talk about any time that I'm talking, I have no clue. Do you know what's so funny? I feel like I'm getting to the end of things, right? <clears throat> But some part of me is like, well, I can't, I'm so close to 60 minutes, I can't just, like, not finish it. I can. I can finish it. It's okay. It's not an alarm clock. I don't have to set it at a, you know, on the dot. Um, thanks for listening. I hope that this was some kind of interesting, uh, I hope that, Maybe the aunt and uncle stuff, (laughs) like, was it, I don't know, was it enlightening for you? Um, Maybe I'll set up a social media for this podcast. I guess I have to see how it goes, right? But you can find me at, oh, I don't know what it's called. Just hold on. Real... Floriel Bonaparte, so the word real, R-E-A-L, F-L-O, flow, real, just the word real again, Bonaparte, like Napoleon Bonaparte, so real, flow, real, Bonaparte. I think you could find me at Jennifer Fiorelli on Instagram, too, though uh and you can check out the blog that I edit for which is you can find it at wearewwbl.com it's a women's writing blog and uh you know it's not about being a woman necessarily it's just stuff written by women so <laughs> if you want to like listen to read more stuff by women then That's a good place to go. Um, okay. I'm probably gonna talk to you tomorrow. I know you're not there. I know nobody's listening to this, but... I will talk to the imaginary audience. You! That one person that accidentally found this. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Maybe. Bye.